What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Even Handed Podcast. What's up, everyone? So, speaking of the Even Handed Podcast and saying our name, um, we were actually discussing about rebranding this podcast into something that we think will be a little bit more um, marketable and also a little bit more um, in line with the direction we would like to take it. Um, We're thinking of doing something that has to do with either mindfulness or consciousness and also health and fitness, diet, whatever. Um, But if you guys have any suggestions on cool names, go ahead and send us a DM because we're totally needing help in that regard. Um, But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just makes makes sense because it's like it ends up being even if we talk about something else, we just kind of always end up circling back to something that's related to like one of the topics you just said so it'll just it'll go better like that i feel yeah so. i think it will create a better foundation for the podcast and kind of give listeners a more clear and coherent um image of what they're getting into before they get into it because i think i think well, obviously when we started the podcast it was more about like political uh engages and right and stuff like in that matter um which i mean was totally at the time the thing we were into but i think as Mm -hmm. like we've evolved as people like it has totally like shifted yeah and also like especially like where we're at now politically with everything it just seems like everything is so repetitive and like i'm totally fine with not talking about covid and masks yeah. Like for the ten thousand times, so yeah, I don't care. There's other things to talk about that could probably benefit others way more than listening to the same conversation over and over again. So it's yeah, it'll it'll be better like this, I think. Yeah, totally. And I also think like if we decide in the future that we want to um, bring on guests and have people come into our podcast, I think that uh, it will attract more of like the kind of um, guests that we would like to incorporate into the podcast right um yeah i yeah, haven't well, having yeah. a speed like a like a spitfire amount of ideas about the podcast and i think the number one change that needs to happen is just the rebranding of it right um, to something that's more just us yeah 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 which is um kind of like what we could get into i guess um that we were just talking about right before it started on uh, the power of now and like how that changed your life like how would you say that book had an impact on you and why is it important to read uh okay so if you guys aren't don't know the power of now is a book by Eckhart Tolle who is a spiritual teacher who basically has the foundation of all of his spiritual teaching teachings come from the present moment and anything else beyond that is somewhat of an illusion and the only thing that kind of matters and needs incorporating into life is the present moment um and i have been reading it um i've read more i've read other books by eckhart tolle i've read a new earth um which is also a super transformative book and has helped me um in my overall like foundation of my life and helped me create kind of like a overall base for my life but this book has had a more sudden and intense transformation um and I, before the podcast i was discussing with steven about how 
I was driving and I was listening to the audiobook and he was talking about the present moment and he I forget the exact verse of it but he was basically describing the illusion of time and in the very moment the present moment had so much ease to it for me and it had so much clarity and I was put in a place where I was now not only the person thinking the thoughts but also the person observing the thoughts um which I've had moments of that and like like glimpses of but Mm -hmm. never something that has kind of kept long structure or had any longevity to it always just is like like moments of presentness whenever usually after like a hard workout or on a hike or during meditation right. or, or or whenever I was seeking it or mm-hmm. overly seeking it um but I had this somewhat of like I would call it like a transformation where it just felt as if the present moment had just become available to me at all times mm-hmm. and I I found the route to find it and it was you know one thing that i would describe that was actually really weird and kind of psychedelic about this is that i like saw and deconstructed my ego structures to being the thing that just takes me away from the present moment i saw all thought all um worry fear anxiety all these things that will pop up in your day-to-day obviously Mm -hmm. um as just things trying to take my present moment from out of my sight Mm -hmm. um distraction and stuff like that yeah yeah and it was it was just weird because i was it was kind of like you ever have that moment um where you just feel like everything is perfectly okay right now i have nothing to worry about Pretty much those moments that you said with the same thing, like when it's related to super intense exercise, meditation, the tank, cold showers, like with that is like what like really helps me get to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just felt like that I had that feeling, but for a very long time. Like I was doing um, DoorDash and Uber Eats, which is actually my new main source of income. And I'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but um, I was doing that, and I was just completing order, listening to this book, which is kind of just, like, my usual routine with it. <laughs> um, and it just, like, even now, I, I'm, I feel as if finding the present moment has become so much simpler, and it's so much more um, realistic, and like accessible and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I don't have a figment of what the present moment looks like, but I am there, mm-hmm. and I can see myself falling out of it, and I can catch myself a lot better when I have fallen out of it and bring right. myself back and kind of clench myself back into that like present mind state. Yeah, the awareness is there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that I remember. Like reading that book, it's been a while for me. Maybe like closer to three years but one thing that i i do remember is that even when in terms of like not 
talking about like spirituality why being present is important is because you can focus on things better like if you're for example working and all you're thinking of is the argument you had earlier of what you have to do later you can't like put in the same amount of energy into what you're doing so you just won't be as efficient so it's like not even totally about just spirituality but being present just helps everything how efficient you are at things your happiness your worry goes down so it's yeah it, it helps a lot of things it's not just for someone that's trying to improve themselves spiritually yeah and i think that i mean i always like try to explain to people and explaining the present moment is difficult because how can you explain something that specifically in america we try to as hard as we can get away from um, mm-hmm. it seems as if like uh, we as humans have kind of caught ourselves in a bit of like a mental rat race of just getting somewhere with the idea that at some point in some form or the other that we'll get to the the thing we want to the place, do or yeah. the place we want to be um, with time. Mm-hmm. And this book kind of deconstructs the illusion of time and says that time is truly illusory and that saying is so simple that it is so complicated right yeah specifically to people who are unaware of that Mm -hmm. you'll say that to somebody i mean we all can like envision that saying that to a specific person um that just would not get it well most people we get most people but um and it's so simple that it, it becomes quite complicated to the average human because it's something that we like can't necessarily deconstruct because our ego has kind of taken over. Yeah, the only people that could kind of relate are people that are like heavily involved in any of the the topics that we were talking about. Like if you're deep into yoga, you would kind of understand if you're like really into nature But if you don't do anything like that, you don't work out, you don't uh, consciously think of what you're going to eat and why you're going to eat it, you don't have a breathing or meditation practice, it's pretty much impossible for you to understand this unless you, like, really study these, like, topics. But for you to, like, actually feel it and truly understand, you do need to have, like, some involvement, like, an activity that brings you closer to that, I think. Yeah, um... Anything that you can bring yourself into the present moment, I think, is an activity that I would recommend for anybody. Because one thing that I've noticed, especially through, like, this whole experience of reading this book and just overall just my whole, like, awakening experience is that this does not just apply to somebody who is into meditation or who um, likes to do yoga or has a spiritual practice or has some sadhana or whatever it is, martial arts, whatever it is, whatever pocket you could put this in. Mm -hmm. It applies to everyone because it all comes from the same source and we're all the same being. Mm -hmm. And being present is the only thing that will bring you into what I like to call truth right yeah it's um yeah it's it's like what you said it's just so simple that it gets complicated but 
it's like also like something that you said that if you're always trying to get to the next thing you never have a moment of peace and of actual being without distraction and yeah that that's huge for for everyone especially nowadays with how much like i mean just the average screen time will say a lot like if it's over eight hours of your day that's um like if you can get that much time on like on your screen time but you can't sleep that it's it's just crazy like how how much time we are away from what we're truly thinking and feeling yeah totally and it's kind of like in some manner it is somewhat like bizarre to think about because if you really look at like the human race and just how we operate as a system the human race needs the present moment the human race is looking for it at all times and ego is the thing that kind of steps in the way and takes you out of it mm-hmm. i remember like there'd be times where i'm in my car this is maybe i'll sound a little crazy but i'll just be laughing at myself because of i'll catch myself in like an egoic state of mind thinking about tomorrow the next day three weeks from now or or i'll be thinking about three weeks ago yesterday there's always something yeah there's always something that i'm thinking about and i'll catch myself and i'll like legitimately laugh at myself because it's so simple yet so complicated and it's quite baffling how i can completely relate to the rest of like the human race on like this matter Mm mm-hmm like like what you said like screen time like i am a person who am always on my phone mm-hmm. I, I mean i do much better at it than i used to but i still have like that thing where there's in some manner i'm always using my phone and i can now like consciously see how it like pulls me from the present moment right yeah I, that would honestly be a huge step for everyone to at least be aware of what like how they're being kind of messed with with that because if you don't even know you like you don't know kind of thing if you spend 10 hours a day on your phone and you on top of that you watch tv and whatever and then you listen to podcasts or music and you're never truly by yourself like you wouldn't even know what you're missing because of the constant distraction and yeah i mean that's why people get surprised like why they have things from their childhood earlier in their life kind of that comes back up in their adulthood adulthood and it's because you never have time to actually work on it and you always push it back because it's always the next thing like the next job promotion the next vacation once i get to hawaii i'll be happy Mm -hmm. and it's like why not be happy right now or at least try to get there um it's like it's it's just always about tomorrow or the next thing when it yeah it should just be about how happy you can be doing whatever you're doing yeah even if it's boring or or whatever but yeah, and I think what it is is the present moment can sometimes be difficult. The present moment is not filled with sunshine and rainbows. Um, and and what people catch themselves in is still... Well, as a child, I feel like we're so present, and then things happen, like trauma. Um, overall, you just your ego restructures itself, and... Um, gains more power as you learn and experience through this um, world and so the present moment becomes somewhat of a glimpse of the past Um, and now coming into that you have no recollection of it and so it becomes uncomfortable and then when you're uncomfortable you look for something to alleviate the uncomfort 
in you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like distract you if like if you're feeling down watching Netflix or something when you probably should just write down what you're feeling and then try to figure out why and then like move on from there, but not try to like run away from it. Or feel it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, any way that you could like express it. I feel like journaling is a huge one, meditating or just sitting with your thoughts and emotions, but to have a time where you can do that, any of those, whichever one fits you, and not constantly push it past you and just be like, oh, like, fuck it, I'll just go out and distract myself, I'll go drinking or gambling or whatever. Even, actually, even if it's a good thing, like, let's say a sport, but you use it only to get away from what you're, you know, like, what you're battling, even that could be bad. Yeah. I see a lot of, like, people who, like, are very uncomfortable at the present moment who get into, like exercise and i believe that exercise and doing things that physically make your body tired is amazing for you and it's mm-hmm. good for your um it's good for your your brain and just kind of Everything. produces better chemicals in your brain definitely um but one thing that it was a hard realization for me because it's something that i totally like had to like humble myself with is because i caught myself doing that for such a long time of like doing thinking that there would be that the present moment would just be better at all times because i was doing more healthy things and to a specific degree like the present moment is easier when you're in a healthy lifestyle but if it's still uncomfortable for you it's still going to be uncomfortable until you allow yourself to completely sink into the present moment and feel it there's a good saying it's like you got to feel it to heal it mm-hmm Totally. Can't avoid it. Yeah, you have to be able to sit with difficult emotion. I think that's one of the the big flaws of America and the mental health system um, is that there is such a disregard for difficult emotions and we look at things as if this is a bad emotion and this is a good emotion. When it's all just a collection of emotion, the only thing good and bad that deteriorate that um, has that distinction is is your level of ego and your level of ego structure and how strong it is. Yeah, and everything is definitely subjective because something bad for you, like maybe, um, let's say, like if you were to break your leg, that's a bad thing like in the moment but in the long run it could be like a good thing because you discover something while you were injured that you wouldn't otherwise have discovered and then that pushes your life in a different like kind of trajectory so yeah it's just yeah being able to really just stay present at least like glimpses of the day makes a big difference because i mean you can't really be consistently present unless you're I mean, you just have a ton of time into it, kind of like yeah, achieving nirvana kind of thing like in Buddhism. Yeah, like you're seeking enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, one thing that I was going to say that does, aside from exercise, is extreme, like, temperatures, like hot or cold temperatures, like um, ice bath or sauna. Those are huge, too. Because, I mean, if you're not focusing on your breath, you'll kind of, like, just freak out with how intense it feels. So that's a really good one because, I mean, it, you're automatically in the present moment when you're cold. You have to, yeah. Yeah. It's like you kind of have to find the breath. And that's why, like, Wim Hof says that the cold was his teacher because the cold was so presenting. Um, yeah. You I, have to be. 
I totally agree. I think, like, overall, like, if you just set aside time within the day to be completely present doing something, for me, like, I try to spend most of my day in that mental um, state of presence. Yeah. Um, but I can see how, specifically, most people can't abide by that because it sometimes is too difficult. Um, so just finding specific things to do that present you even if it's just in the morning when you wake up instead of going on your phone and checking you meditate for 15 minutes and then have mindful breakfast that's something that i started doing and i completely see an overall change in the overall landscape of my day yeah no that's that's great yeah any kind of meditating or breathing exercise that you can do that's probably the most important like over exercise and everything else just like uh yeah meditation practice or breath work because nothing brings you back closer to your uh to the present moment than like identifying with your breath i think um and it's definitely overlooked i think because just it sounds so simple and you don't need anything um no equipment or anything so people kind of overlook it and assume they need something more like a drug or or an actual distraction when just focusing on your breath like a six second exhale six second inhale like just doing that for like 10 minutes uh that'll get you present and feeling really good so yeah totally or any any breath breath work that focuses on your stomach mm-hmm. the is, diaphragm yeah or anything that focus on is that focuses on the movement of your breath mm-hmm. and seeing and controlling that is super good like i did a uh, square breathing for a little bit um it's super good for like helping relieve anxiety and overall just feeling better yeah 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 i'm reading a book right now called breath it's really good it's it's kind of freaking me out how uh we over breathe and we breathe too much through our mouth and it's causing like an epidemic in how we feel our jaw size is like deforming because of it and it just causes a ton of health issues like way more than i was even aware of like i i knew breathing through your nose was important but i had no idea like how how important it is so i definitely recommend that book for anyone that's interested and yeah breathing in through your nose like 90 something percent of the time is definitely where you should be at and that's a problem too that a lot of people have like deviated septums allergies like a ton of issues why they can't breathe through your nose but the more you do it the better you get at it even if it's a struggle and yeah i've been trying to do it and it's it's definitely not as easy as it seems yeah i mean i don't even know how much i I feel like assuming i mostly breathe through my nose but i don't know if like how unconscious that That would be like another one to because i'm catching myself kind of like when you have bad posture and you kind of like push your shoulders back and stand up straighter it's kind of the same thing where you're like damn i'm breathing through my mouth and i shouldn't it's yeah it's a realization that you get but yeah like people get sleep apnea you get your blood pressure increases um uh, higher instances of adhd and depression because your sleep quality goes down if you open your mouth while you sleep no it's a ton of things that it's the breath is everything yeah dude and anything that can challenge your breath too anything that you do that challenges your breath is super beneficial like the Wim Hof obviously we've talked about so much but that's one of the more challenging things to do with your breath that is super beneficial 
Yeah, that one's really good, especially because of how much free information is online. Like, if you just type in Wim Hof breathing, there's, like, from beginner to intermediate to advanced, it's all free. You just follow along on YouTube. That one's great for anyone that wants to start. Like, mindfulness meditation or Wim Hof breathing, I think, are two really good options to totally. kind of get yourself into it. And only five minutes per day is, like, enough at first, I think, just to build a habit of... Yeah, just getting more in tune with it. Um, or getting more... Ca- Another thing that uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about that I am doing more that I didn't notice is so beneficial is just being, like, inside of your body and connecting to the, the innermost of your body and deepening that connection with your body. Right. Um, a lot of, like, gurus and uh, yogis and spiritual teachers like kind of disregard the body as something that is just temporary and has not much um, value because you can transcend the body Mm -hmm. which i mean to a specific degree if you're meditating all day long and doing like intense like vipassana retreats yeah probably (laughs) but uh for the average person the body is has a specific level of like divinity to it and it has a specific level of presence that it can curate right like uh the one practice that i've been using is whenever i'm at a stoplight instead of like going to like look at my phone or like text someone back i use that time to breathe and use that time to feel the inner parts of my body and connect with my my body usually it's my heart i try to i try to connect with mostly but overall does any like time i can just have time to just fully connect with my body i feel better yeah totally yeah just a moment of quiet and yeah i don't know if it was i think it was alan watts that said that you feel like you're the person behind your eyes like that you're inside your head but you are inside like your whole body like your whole body's conscious it just feels like you're in your head kind of thing but yeah it's like kind of butchering it i think but no we're i get it every word like consciously like it's almost like as if the consciousness is distributed throughout your whole body throughout all the cells but it feels like we're just in our head but it's like it's everywhere it's because mostly what it is it's once you identify with thought you feel that you feel that the thought because it comes from your your upper uh, system that it, that's what you are and it's not really what it is it's just over identification with thought but if you transcend thought and come outside of thought and observe thought you see that it's just one part of you and you have the rest of your body to explore which right. is like such a thing that like I don't know if anyone's doing, you know what I mean? Obviously, like, people in the Only people that are spiritual community and yeah. people who are conscious, but the average person is probably not very connected with their body unless they're some sort of athlete. Yeah. Which... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, unless you're, like, into anything outdoors, physical, or spiritual, or even religious, like, that could also apply. That's an interesting thing that I actually wanted to talk to you about. Um that yeah i almost forgot was in this book i learned something that you know why uh like for example the um sound um Um. yeah it's that the and in different religions and spiritual practices they have their own like method of that 
in like Christianity or Catholicism, it could be like the Hail Mary, the prayer. The author was saying that they all, all these spiritual practices, what they have in common with a certain mantra that they use during meditation or prayer is that it takes approximately six seconds to inhale and exhale. So a big part of it, he says, isn't that, well, they all figured it out individually, but that it's not like the specific religion is what's making people feel more connected to God, but it's that the breathing itself is what helps you transcend. So you don't have to believe in anything to use this kind of breath work to get yourself into a more kind of spiritual place because it's the it's the breathing itself that gets you there. It's not the the priest leading the breathing. It's your own breathing. So that just that like section of the book like I I mean I couldn't believe that every single tradition has that in common. I thought that was pretty crazy. No, it's like um the interconnectedness of these religions around things like that is kind of like absurdly strange. Right, it's but, crazy. But they say like with any like even just people who don't subscribe to religion and just do like mantra work mm-hmm. they say the mantra what the goal of mantras are during meditation is to um disconnect with the mind because if you have something to give the mind something to do you can um kind of unplug from it like right. transcendental meditation the overall aspect of it is you you repeat a specific mantra over and over and over and over and over again um, like a lot of the people do the Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, mm-hmm. that one. Um, and what that does is it allows the mind to hold on to something while you transcend. It's kind of like a weight, they say. They visualize it as like as you transcend your mind, your or your mind gets to hold this kind of paper weight. Okay. Um, as you're going up so it doesn't come with you and ruin the experience oh that makes sense yeah yeah that's the one meditation that i've never tried i always kind of stuck to mindfulness i, I definitely try that one that i do mostly mindfulness but I've, I've i've wanted to get like a teacher and do the transcendental meditation russell brand speaks on it all like oh i've heard him talk about all it, the yeah. time i read his book revelation and he talked about how um he talks about like really what i notice is he is very still kind of like with this comedian side mm-hmm. but when he was talking about transcendental meditation he was like making jokes about how like as a uh, like a former heroin addict uh, he was super uncomfortable with his skin um and he had to re as he says repeat the fucking mantra as many times as i could to get away <laughs> from my heroin addict self Damn. um but yeah, the 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 goal of the mantra is to kind of like give your mind something to do, like kind of like like the Buddha explained as the monkey mind, and mm-hmm. it's kind of giving like the monkey a ball or a banana. Right. Yeah, that that makes total sense. Yeah, that one seems like it's one of the more well, it's kind of new, right? Transcendental meditation. It's newer than the other forms of meditation. Well, I mean, meditation is obviously something that's been around forever, but... No, but that, like, like specific type? It's 70s, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's thought, yeah. Because the mindfulness, that's the one that, like, the Buddha taught, right? The mindful, just typical mindfulness meditation. That's the one that kind of had the least amount of change to it, but... I mean, they're all good. I feel yeah. like they're all I worth like experimenting any, with. You should... 
I think the the cool thing is that you can try all of these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I try to stick mostly to mindfulness meditation just because I feel like it impacts my day to day more. Um, but I want to explore with other meditations and kind of let go of the um, ego a little bit and see if I can detach more and more. Right. Yeah, I used a mindfulness meditation the whole. T- I did a two and a half hour float, and it went by so fast. And I think it was just from that. Just the. Uh, I mean, it was over and over again. Breath in, breath out. Oh, that's a thought. That's a memory. That's a sensation. Breath in, breath out. And then, I mean, the time went so fast, which is, like, I feel, I thought it was going to feel like it was forever, because it's almost three hours just laying in a position, but, yeah, I mean, I guess you just get better at it. Dude, how was that when you got out? I felt like I was, like, away forever, like, yeah. a, like a day or something. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I felt so relaxed the, the next, like, three days, I think. Yeah. Dude, driving home, I felt like I was floating home. <laughs> Dude, like, that's the best. It's like, dude. I still have like two floats. I might just combine them into. You should, dude. Cause I have the membership, like the. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got it. To... Do Do they, like, go? Mm-hmm. Like they roll over. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I haven't used one in like two months. That's how I. That's how I did it. I just had two, and I just put them together, and they they just count for two, even though it's two and a half hours. Yeah, bro, you should. Oh, do that's it. dope. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, Maybe I was thinking time. of doing another two and a half hour one, but. I don't know if I'll do an hour or two and a half hours next. I feel like maybe I'll do an hour, and then the next one I'll do after that will be two and a half. Because I haven't gone like two months. I kind of want to get back into like the flow of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, totally. Dude, I, I freaking love floating. Yeah, that if like anyone is interested in doing that, it sounds cool to you. You should definitely like give it a shot because it's, I mean, it. It's just like the meditation, the biggest thing is that people kind of get discouraged because of distractions. Uh, there are no distractions and they're other than you yourself. Have nothing. So it's the best way. It's almost like a cheat code for meditating, but I feel like in a way it almost makes your normal meditating better because of how, how much longer it is. Because, I mean, I don't meditate for an hour, like ever. Mm-hmm. I only do like 20 minutes or 15 at a time. So... Yeah, it feels like it's so much easier once you go back to it. Yeah, dude, totally. I feel like it's... I mean, I've taken some friends, and I've had a couple friends who did not like it. Yeah, Jake didn't like it. Yeah, Jake didn't like it. My buddy Cheeto didn't like it. Um, my buddy... Oh, who else did I take? My buddy Sergio was like, yeah, that was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And I was like... <laughs> but he seemed, like, really, like, happy afterwards. Really? But then I've also had friend, like a couple friends who, like, loved it. Hmm. Like, were obsessed with it. Um, like, my buddy Nick really, really liked it. Um, and my buddy Brad was obsessed with it. Not obsessed with it, but he was just, like, a different person afterwards. I was like, dang. Coming every that. single day. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. He never, he hasn't done it yet again. But oh, really? Afterwards, yeah. dude, he, like, gave me a hug, dude. It was like, he had some sort of, like, transformation in there. It was exactly, like, what he needed. Damn, that's good. It's not for everyone. Like, if, I feel like the people that, for example, have gotten something out of, you know, because that's actually, like, kind of the same with, um, like, mushrooms or any psychedelic where some people do it once and they're, like, the same thing. That was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, that's it. Um, but then, like, some people don't react well to it. 
or even meditating or the tank so it makes sense like it's nothing not everything is for everyone totally but you should give it a shot though yeah or yeah yeah for sure mushrooms experiment <laughs> yeah uh, experiment with it yeah uh i think it's like with psychedelics it's like when you say like not everyone like reacts well with it mm-hmm. like you truly have to like you don't know until you, how you react with it until you react with it and it's kind of like jumping into like a like a 30 foot pool with like an anchor like you either somehow get the anchor to tie off and you let go or you sink to the bottom and it's a horrible hell-like experience for you experience of your own mind really yeah definitely one it also like is how much you do like i feel like that the sudden setting and quantity could definitely like fuck you over if yeah. you don't you're not careful but yeah like you know four grams at edc your first time is probably not the way no no way it doing it at edc at, at, in general i probably would say is not the way i would ever do it no no i think the only time i'll ever do another psychedelic i think because i've had such i think the last trip i had was just so intense that I had to, like, fully take, like, years of a break. That's where I'm at. It's been yeah. years. Yeah, I have I'm no, good. I have no, like, I, there was so much I, insight I got, and really what I see with a lot of people is they'll, they'll, they'll get in, insight, mm-hmm. and they'll get these, like, revelations, but then they won't integrate it, and so, but they'll keep coming back to it because they know they'll get that revelation again. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the famous Terrence McKenna quote that once you get the message, hang up the phone. Mm-hmm. Is what he said. That's totally. That's how I felt. Like there's no way I can go through that again right now. Is like the first thing that I thought. Mm-hmm. Like I got it. Like why go through that again? It like flipped my whole world upside down in, yeah. in some way because it kind of showed me like so many aspects that I was not aware of. Like my whole life was, like if you knew me, like. Uh, but after March of 2020, now to now, you would say I'm a totally different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it's not for everybody. Have you ever gone, like, I just heard this not too long ago that I definitely, like, resemble with, with mushrooms is that there is, it, se- it seems to be, like, a recurring thing that a message of, like, the world or people, like, that there's a lot to be done or, like, that you need to like do more or help the universe or the world like i feel like i always get something like that like like i the last time i did i got like images of like the forest like being burnt down and like shit like that and and just the like nothing i I wouldn't like hear anyone say but i could feel the feeling of like there need there's a lot to be done in this why you were on mushrooms yeah yeah i mean um i felt so like the I don't I'm, I never I was more of a LSD person obviously but uh, mushrooms like the last trip I had I had like a feeling of like who the people I was with it wasn't that like it was a bad trip or anything but I knew that it was just like different intentions you know mm-hmm. like I was like I am looking for some sort of insight yeah existential truth with this not you know whatever mm-hmm. um and. Uh, what I noticed with it is I felt as if I needed to show people like the level of presence that you could get and how to heal themselves 
mm-hmm. through like presence and love really what it is was love mm-hmm. love like it was like you if you jump through this portal of presence you will feel nothing but love because that's the only thing that's true mm-hmm. it's like i wanted to share that with people so i guess in the same way and i think because that is kind of like the foundation of healing humanity right yeah i totally get that though and i mean you can even see it in like the fucking beatles fucking beatles oh their music yeah their definitely. Whole, music's all about like change and yeah like and they, they, were, they really were doing going mushrooms through it. on the fucking daily dude and all this dude yeah Lucy in the skies. We're done. Dude, that's the one where... For who I was talking to, I was like, yeah, Lucy is LSD. And they're like, what? Who? Who do you think it was? No, that it was like a girl. Oh. Like, some, I forgot who I was talking to about that song. Like, how deep they were into psychedelics. And they're like, oh, Lucy isn't like someone that they loved. Like, one of them was in love with her. So I'm like, shit, they were all in love with it. But it was definitely LSD. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that era must have been crazy. Well, we saw in, like, the 60s this, like, huge collective awakening of people. Mm-hmm. Like, the hippie movement, what the hippie movement really was, was a collective activation of consciousness. And it was a... For a lot of people, it was an evolution of consciousness. Like, Ramdas went from being a... In, in the 60s, he was a psych psychologist slash therapist with a phd to uh becoming a basic guru and a yogi pretty much yeah changing his name from i forget what his original name was but ram das is dope but baba ram das Mm -hmm. but he talks about it in this one um lecture he has about how there was a huge expansion of consciousness and that you saw a huge uproar from unconscious people against it. And it was basically, like, in the 60s and 70s, it was basically, like, consciousness and anti-ego versus ego. And you could see how the ego fought itself. Yeah, freaking Nixon with the banning of all these substances for, like, freaking four decades is how they fought against it. Yeah. And, like, to criminalize everything. Because that's when, like, you have Ram Dass and, like, Anthony Hopkins and all those, you know, like, different researchers were doing, a, yeah, Alan Watts, were figuring stuff out, and then they just put a stop to it until, like, a year or two ago. Like, that whole period. Imagine how much we, we would know now with, like, controlled studies of different substances for different things. Like, LSD, pretty much all the classic psychedelics for anything. Like, any condition, or even for healthy people and how it could benefit them. Like, if, if you have no trauma. Like, the advancement that we would have if they kind of realized, like, how important it, it would be for just, like, the development of the whole country or the whole world. But, I mean, we were definitely pushed back, what, like, 60 years. Yeah. And we're barely now starting all over again, pretty much. I mean, with... The well, even now, like you, like specific, like conversations I have with people, it's like you can discuss all these things and you can care so much about whatever political thing you want, but the second you discuss anything about like mushrooms or acid, you get like kind of like put into like a group of people of like, oh, these are like, oh yeah, they just you know they they, they do psychedelics, they're different, you know what I mean, um, but these plants and these uh substances are natural 
mm-hmm. and they come with truth and I think that if people kind of put their ego aside and really what it is it's ego <laughs> like I think everything kind of go back to ego but if they kind of put their ego aside and dove into something that was scary to them they would come out the other side probably much more um, inept for this world and much yeah. have much more clarity yeah definitely yeah these um it's kind of like because lately i feel like that was the impression i had before but lately i mean i, I don't bring it up too much because i feel like that, that was a big topic that i would talk about for a while but the psychedelics i feel like whenever i talk to people about it now if they're not aware they're like oh yeah it's, it's something that like won't that fry your brain or isn't that for crazy people or whatever or drug addicts like once you tell them like the kind of benefits they, they'll have like the one study that were they gave uh, a certain amount of people, I think it was like 10 or 15, a uh, dose of mushrooms. Uh, I think over 80% of them ranked it in the top three events of their life. And they changed their life forever. So, like, once people hear that, they're like, really? Like, it's not something that, like, just makes you freak out and jump out of a window? Yeah, that's really what it is. Definitely. No, yeah, once people know that, like, I feel like they're more reasonable. And they're like, okay, well, I didn't know that. Like, I feel like I could be open for it being, like, if it's good for people, why not? It's just like ultra conservative or religious people are the only ones that i feel are like no matter what they'll be against it yeah but, but most people are reasonable i think yeah most people at least will have the conversation even if they don't try it or they don't necessarily care too much right even if they if it's something they'll do like they'll still hear you out you know yeah hear you out and say if i mean if it helps people we should have it like we, we should, should have it least... available well yeah totally i mean truly what it is i mean another i would like to make a disclaimer that this is not you should not just be going and doing any sort of psychedelic i recommend if you're going to do them um do it in some sort of shamanic process Um, i mean that would be the best do it in some way that's structured um and also make sure that you're doing like family uh, lineage testing to see if you have any sort of bipolar or schizophrenia in your family because that is something that for sure needs to be acknowledged before um that's a yeah, danger no. of uh psychedelics mm-hmm. um but beyond that uh yeah i don't think most i don't think most people are um anti-psychedelics i think that the system that we are living in today is a very anti thing that go any they're just anti everything really into right. everything that doesn't fit the mold but there's a reason why we have the highest like um percent of like depression and there's a reason why most people would say there's a quality of life that they're not achieving mm-hmm. yeah totally that's Dude, that could be the missing link. What? To have access, yeah, like, um, forget what this expression is, but you know how in, like, ancient cultures you would have to do something to become a man? Like, bring back an animal, like, to hunt or, uh, or, like, win a fight or, like, different things. Like, different cultures had different things. A rite of passage, that's the term I was looking for, um... That, that could be a major one where you're tested and you come outside of it, like, better than you were before. That could be a very big, like, thing in, like, 
young people's development i think to have a psychedelic experience like coming into adulthood i i I feel like that would shape culture differently yes and no i i agree that it would be good but i also i really don't think that people our age should be playing around with psychedelics well that's the disclaimer that i would have is to be at least 18 25 would be the best but no one's gonna wait till 25 to be honest yeah i mean no one in the recreational scene obviously Mm -hmm. i would say i don't recommend you even doing or trying them until you're of at least like 21 um i mean obviously i'm not a good example and (laughs) at all for that but i would say like recommendation i would say you should be have kind of like a firm um grasp of reality before you go and do something that's reality dissolving right um because you need you can't just go all hippy dippy and when you get as much out of it that's like the biggest thing aside from the dangers involved it's uh you just like there's not a lot going on like if you're seven sixteen fifteen and you like do lsd like um even if it's not dangerous like what are you gonna get out of it really yeah and so like alan watts like one thing i really like that probably the best way aside from having like a proper set setting and dose would be to be 25 so your brain is fully developed and to have a foundation in a study so like philosophy mathematics something that you can like go back to is what he recommended i feel like that's a great idea but like, how many people have done it like that? Yeah. Where they're 25, they're experts in philosophy or religion, and then they do a dose, like... No. But... But that yeah. is, like, the the more ideal thing. Of course, yeah. But I, I would say that, overall, like, just the allowing of people to explore their consciousness shouldn't be um, on paper. It sh- you should be allowed to, in whatever manner you feel, explore with your consciousness. Definitely, because we let people do dangerous shit with their bodies. Yeah. With no problems, really. I mean, of course, there's restrictions on some things, but if you can skydive, you should be able to do mushrooms. Exactly, dude. If like, pretty much. If you can skydive, you should be able to do mushrooms. Put it in a quote, dude. Put it That's on a good. fucking t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, dude. But, yeah. Um, I feel like that was pretty good. Yeah, I would say so. Uh... <laughs> I was, like, looking at him. I was like, do you want to end it? You know, this, that, and the other. But that was a pretty good podcast. I felt like we kind of got the gist of what we wanted to say in that podcast done. Um, Yeah, I think that it was very cohesive. Um, Let us know what you think. Uh, Go ahead and hit us in a DM if you have any recommendations for a new name for our podcast. Something to do with mindfulness or consciousness would be... um, awesome but whatever name you kind of have just go ahead and shoot it at us if you're still Mm -hmm. listening to this point uh go ahead and give us a rating on podcast and also a review that would be so awesome Uh, we appreciate all of you guys for listening thank you so much yeah thank you